0: Welcome to the new year. How many of you have ever made a bad contract that like as soon as you signed it, you knew, like, you know, I think I think that was a mistake. I see some smiles. I see some elbows. Okay, yeah. Now, hopefully you're still not suffering from that bad contract. Like it's, you know, it's that dog that your wife, you know, told you that it was gonna be perfect and then now your house is like destroyed. Um, Or or something like that. I I have an example of a bad contract. So um, about three years ago, uh, three years ago, it was actually right around this time three years ago, um, I saw some ads. And of course, the ads are always like... They're always trying to convince you. and, and So uh, this was for an electric motorcycle. So think of the, this electric motorcycle. It looked like, kind of like what you would think of like a cyber truck. So it's like very shiny um, and, uh, and it was just going to be amazing. And you, you could have this motorcycle in nine months for just $5,000, uh, which is too good to be true because it was. Um, and so sure enough, I, I, I was nudging my wife, Hey, this is going to be perfect. At the time we had one vehicle and, um, and we're, I need this vehicle to get myself to and from seminary. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. So she, you know, she, okay. All right, that's fine. And so sure enough, um, I signed the contract and nine months went by and 12 months went by and I finished all my payments. I made sure all my payments are on time. And then 18 months went by motorcycle. So you probably can see where this is going. Now, around the 18-month mark, uh, sure enough, um, uh, they contacted me, and I was super excited, and they wanted more money. <laughs> they wanted $700 for a delivery fee, which a motorcycle, uh, you expect, okay, all right, I expect, you know, all right, it's probably expensive to, you know. I to so I paid the fee, uh, and I thought, okay, now it's coming, it's coming. And then about another six months went by. Uh, and then, actually, a year ago, I finally got the motorcycle. Um, now, it looked about the same, but it, was, uh, it, had, it went about half as fast as they promised, uh, and uh, the range was about half as, as far. So, um, if you ever see, like, a cool motor- motorcycle driving in the slow lane, uh, it, might be, it might be me. Um, and so, uh, but... The interesting thing about that bad contract is it wasn't just bad for me. I didn't just have to wait um, an extra, like, I mean, they were promising it in like fall of 2021. I didn't get it until January of 2023. Um, They went bankrupt after all this. And so it's kind of interesting. I have this unicorn motorcycle that, uh, there's, if anything goes wrong, I'm on my own. Uh, but, uh, bad contracts really do, uh, influence everybody. They, they really can, um, they, they can, we all can suffer. So today, um, I'm going to, uh, invite you, um, to consider that, uh, God himself, uh, has a, um, he has, uh, a New Year's resolution. Now, you might be asking yourself, "What? Uh, why would God need a New Year's resolution?" And pff, that's a very good. That's a very good question. And you might be asking as well, "Why would we need uh, New Year's resolutions?" And so, um, I'm going to just kind of introduce you that today we're going to hear a little bit more about God's. New Year's resolution. And so, why would we want a New Year's resolution? Well, that's easy. Self improvement, right? It's self improvement. We want, uh, we want to get better. We look back at last year, and sure, there's some things that we wanted. There's some things that didn't go according to plan. Like Pastor Keith said, there's going to be situations where we don't feel like God should pick us on His team, and then sometimes we feel so valuable uh, that why would God not want me on His team? Uh, but uh, most of us. It's self-improvement. We're hoping for something better. But how could God possibly get better, right? It's like, uh, could, could he work on his strength? It's like, oh, wait. Uh, every time he says something, it just happens. So it's not like he could work on his strength or, or money. It's, it's like he's even better than the federal government because he can just, you know, he has the cattle on a thousand, thousand hills. He has everything Uh, And so he doesn't need any more money. Um, But we see that uh, God does have something in his life that isn't what he hopes for. And that's because of relational brokenness. That God has his resolution is to try once more to heal that relational brokenness. And with who? I mean, God, of course, in the Trinity, has perfect relationship among himself. But he recognizes, he recognizes just like we can. We look around and there's a lot of relational brokenness in our lives. And he, just like us, he's not content. He's not content with that. And so, um, today, we're going to look back, uh, and you, so you might, you might be wondering, uh, how in the world would I possibly know what God's New Year's resolution is? Well, ha, I came with a, a cheat sheet here. Um, God has told us in the scripture what his resolution is. And so, actually, uh, this is one of those uh, interesting times where we get to peek back into the, the prophets, um, and, and it's often one of those times where we don't spend a lot of time, usually, uh, in the in the prophets, and so we're going to be in Jeremiah 31. Now, it's a lot. Uh, it's actually more than we could possibly conquer in 30 minutes, so uh, you're probably going to have a little bit of homework, but, <laughs> uh, but we're going to be here in January 31, so if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you uh, to follow along. I, I originally... I was going to read the whole chapter, and then production gave me the, gave me the whole, the, don't do that, because um, it's like 40 verses. So we're going to read the first six to start. So here we go. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. This is what the Lord says, the people who survived the sword will find favor in the wilderness I will come to give rest to Israel. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again and you, virgin Israel, will be rebuilt. Again, you will take up your timbrels and go out to dance with the joyful Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. There will be a day when the watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion, to the Lord our God. This is the word of the Lord. So we see uh, that uh, this is kind of God's old Old New Year's resolution. You, you could call it a couple different things, but uh, it, we see here in verse three, actually, that uh, his old resolution uh, is written here, and it says, the Lord has appeared to us in the past, so he's, he's given us uh, his old resolution, but it's, it's a really good one. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Wow, that's pretty good. That's nothing like the contract that I made, right? There was no kindness. It was, it was very much, oh, don't worry. We're going to get you that later. We're going to get you that later. We're going to get you that later. But this is an everlasting commitment. This is something even more. This is actually an example of, of covenant, what we see in the scriptures of, of covenant, not contract, um, but covenant. And covenant um, is, is different than contracts because contracts are about um, They're they're about exchange, you know. Like there's there's a certain amount of like I'm going to do this and you're going to do that, but covenants are about relationship. The company that sold me this motorcycle, they don't love me, and I don't honestly I don't love them. I mean I appreciate that they finally gave me what I wanted, um. And but but covenants are about relationship, and God is a covenant making God, and. Both of them have terms and condition, but the Lord who loves me and who loves you is a covenant-making God. Now, uh, the last time—the last time I preached, I—I um, I, I introduced a, a word, uh, and it's—it's it's kind of, uh, you, it's not that you'd remember it, but it was in uh, John and it was Telos. And uh, every time I have the opportunity, uh, when, coach, when coach puts me in, um, just trying to bring some of those things that I'm learning in seminary and bring them here, uh, just little tidbits uh, of things, because uh, what happens in seminary isn't some magical, mystical experience. It's just hard work, um, and it's, it's, it's accessible to everybody, um, but uh, it does take time. And so today, uh, I'm going to draw attention. It's interesting, and here in verse 3, there's another word, one of my favorite words, And I can't, no matter what, I can't help but bring my little whiteboard um, with me today. So I'm going to, a couple times today, I'm going to use this. And uh, I'm going to show you this word real quick. And then we'll see. Uh, I know actually that we have, we have, so Hebrew is one of those fancy. And don't don't think I'm a Hebrew scholar because I'm really not. Um, Knowing one word doesn't take a lot. Uh, There's some vowels in there. But so this... um, this is uh, chesed. Um, now, I know that there are seminary graduates out there. Anybody know this word? You can just raise your hand. You don't have to, like, interrupt or anything like that, breaking that fifth or the fourth wall. In, in okay. All right. All right. Um, it's, uh, you didn't expect your Hebrew quiz today. So we actually, this is a word um, that comes up in this verse at the end. And so, uh, if we if we see uh, if we see verse three again, it's the very last word. English is tricky uh, for those of you who have done language translation of any kind or learned English as a second language or first language or whatever. English is uh, uh, it's not very good. It's not a very good language. Um, it, it, because it doesn't, like, it doesn't have a lot of words. And this is one of those, because this is a word that it means the everlasting loving kindness of God. And that sums up the Old Covenant. It really, really does. The everlasting loving kindness of God. Because if we read the Old Testament, it's just over and over and over that that's being tested. And there couldn't have been. I, I, you almost have the sense of humor that, that God chose Israel of all the people of the world because uh, they, they just never follow him, like over and over and over and over. And just like terms of contracts, but the covenant is about this relationship. So when, when Israel breaks the relationship over and over, God offers his lo- everlasting loving kindness again and again. And again. So we see that his old, his old way, which of course everlasting love and kindness doesn't have an end, but we see that he recognizes. So what, what is Israel supposed to do here in Jeremiah 31? So we recognize his old, his old new year's resolution from last year, which he has not broken or last century, last millennia. And he has never broken it. So what what are we supposed to do here in Jeremiah? What does he call call the people of Israel to do? Let's let's keep looking in verse 7. So this is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Worship. Worship sing this is this is one of the reasons why here at south sub that we say that worship isn't just one thing we do worship is everything that we do there's a lot of days that I don't feel very worshipy right once again that english i can just make up my own words you know but this is this is something God's everlasting love it doesn't it doesn't it didn't end because of my feelings it didn't end it never ended it continues and continues and continues through my life so this gives me a reason for joy this gives me a reason to sing and to praise So is that, is that true? Is that true in our lives? Does that song, does that worship just like explode out of us? Almost like, you know, that like coming home from that first date with your soon to be or, or at one point or whatever it is, that person that you felt like it's amazing. And trust me, their love, no matter how good it might have felt in that moment is not, nothing compared to that everlasting loving kindness of God. So is it good enough for us? Is God's everlasting love, is that good enough for us to feel loved? Some days, some days, it definitely should be. Um, But there's a reason for us to sing. What is the outcome of this love? It's that we should be a worshiping people. We should be full of joy. So what else? What else do we have? Let's keep going. We're looking at now, we're jumping ahead a little bit, and then we're going to finish out. Uh, Verse 16. Verse 16. And this one's a little trickier because uh, this this is about not just what we should do, but what we shouldn't do. This is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for the, your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. It's hard. It's hard to not get sucked in to our life. Get so focused in that when bad things happen, our world just feels like it's crumbling. Okay, we've all, we all survived. We all survived through COVID and there was a lot of difficulty. Um, A difficulty that we had not experienced in this lifetime uh, for most of us. Where the world changed in a short amount of time. But gosh, Israel, like God was telling this to a people who were slaves in captivity. So they, if there was anyone that had a reason to weep, talk about like, forget about just losing some of your retirement savings. They lost everything. And they were slaves in a foreign country. And God tells them there's no, there's no need to weep. How could he possibly say that? How could he have such audacity, such boldness? And it's because of his unfailing, unwavering loving-kindness that said, yeah, that that was finally coming. His new year's resolution was finally coming. So here it is. Here we go. His New Year's resolution. We're finally here. We're uh, in verse 31 of chapter 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. With the people of Israel and with the people of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. So we see that he's going to be making a new covenant He's going to have this New Year's resolution and this new, this new covenant is going to be unlike and it's going to be better. It's going to be a new resolution, a new life. It's going to be an upgrade. It's going to be a reboot of what was before, not because he failed, but because we failed. And we do. That's the hard thing about New Year's resolutions is you don't start fresh. You always remember last year, right? You always start with the old habits. And so you want to start a new habit, but often you have to break the old habits to start the new habit. But God is is offering us something so much better. It's not just an add-on. It's not a paste-on. It's the gospel. It's something brand new. It's something brand new. And yet, His unwavering, never-ending loving kindness continues. It never ends. That's the thing about loving kindness. And so we see, if we keep reading, verse 33, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they Will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Wow. So if the old covenant was nice, the old, you know, God's never ending uh, unstoppable loving kindness. This new covenant, God is taking that out of the temple and he's putting it in our hearts. He wants to dwell inside of us. He wants to take that, write it on our hearts so that we can have that forever. Wow, I, I want that. Who wouldn't want that? So, so, We see that this, this right here is that God wants us. He wants us. He wants to be in, sorry, he wants to be our God. Not just a God, not just the God, our God. Right there in the very middle in verse 33, he says, I will be their God because we have a lot competing. We have a lot competing for our time. We have a lot competing for our allegiances. We have a lot competing for what we want to do on our Sundays, on our Sunday mornings. There's a lot of things competing and God is inviting us. God is inviting us, allow me to be your God. And then he also says at the end he doesn't he doesn't just say oh and then it, everything's everything's gonna be fine and dandy but he he actually recognizes that you know what I I I was here yeah I was here last year I saw everything that happened but that last verse that last sentence it says I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more wow. Wow. So, all those times last year that God made second place in our lives, forgiven. Forgiven. Completely and entirely. God gives us that fresh start. So, I want to invite you, I want to invite you, and this is where some of you might be wondering what? The world. Are we giving out raffles? Are we, you know, am I going to get a new car or, um, or something like that? I find, I find, anytime you can have little little tokens, something that you can carry with you or that you can have in your wallet or your pocket or somewhere, it helps. It helps you remember as you go through your life. And and there have been times where I've taped stuff on the steering wheel, right in the center of, of my steering wheel. Uh, And so every time I'm driving, I can remember it. So wherever it is for you, if it's a mirror or a steering wheel or your pocket or wherever, I encourage you, think about that this this ticket is an invitation into that new covenant, an invitation into that never-ending, never-stopping, loving kindness of God. And so what I want us to do is with this, um, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to walk you through, if you want to grab a pen or a pencil, there should be some in front of you, uh, is to, to go ahead and, and write this word. You, you actually get to, to write a little bit of Hebrew. It's exciting. Now, for those of you who know, uh, I am not a Hebrew scholar. I said that earlier. It's almost, it's almost laughable because I, um, Hebrew is like my kryptonite. Um, but I, I know one word. And so it actually goes left to right. And so as you're riding on here, on the, right, on the back or on the front, wherever you ride on this ticket, I want you to write this. And it's, it's a word that, that can remind you that, gosh, no matter what this year, no matter, how many, no matter how many resolutions you break, loving kindness never ends. God's loving kindness never ends. So you actually start on the left side, or wait, right side, right side, and you come up and you come over and you come like that. And then you have this is kind of like an S, so it kind of, kind of or an O, that's the S sound. And then uh, this one actually is a little bit different. It actually goes below the line on the bottom. So there you go. There's some vowels on the end on the bottom, but they always change. So we can just stick with that. They change depending on the context. Um, chased, chased. So I want you to have that on your ticket. And I want you to put that ticket somewhere, somewhere that's going to remind you. Because I want to invite you, I want to invite you in to worship with us this year. That I think the statistics, the statistics say uh, that average, if to consider yourself, an, uh, and this is nationwide. This isn't. I'm not looking at our congregation specifically, but uh, if you attend 1.7 times a month, you're considered a regular tender. Where else in life, if you came to work 1.7 times, um, like, a week, how long would you have that job? Right? Like, and I'm not saying that this isn't, I'm cautioning you from legalism, because that's not the point. The point is, where better would we want to be than here? Who else in your life is going to give you this kind of loving kindness? Your coach? Your boss? Even I mean on good days maybe your husband or wife on bad days maybe not maybe it's the couch for you but my point is where would be a better place for us than here on Sunday morning how could we possibly choose our bed or our TV or whatever it else i want to invite you to have that ticket as a ticket here every sunday And I get it. There's always always something that pulls us away. There's something that draws us to go and do something else. But trust me, is there anything better than the loving kindness of God that we should not come and worship together? And that's the beauty. That's the beautiful thing about this new covenant is that even though it's a new year, And we have this new covenant and we're invited in to have God write his law on our hearts and write the goodness of his love on our hearts. And so we no longer have to go to the temple. We we no longer have to go, but He, he walks with us through our everyday lives. Why would we not want to come together here and worship and sing and weep no more? So I just want to put that out there, that this year uh, with that. And, and, and I, I want to say that one of the most interesting, one of the odd things that I've found, and it's taken me a while to figure this out, is as a pastor, um, a lot of times the first thing people will say to me uh, is, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, look over my shoulder. Uh, and whatever it is, the, whatever event, I'm so sorry that I missed blank, whatever the event is past. It could be part-time youth group, church, whatever. Um, and, and I find myself wondering, I found like, why, why would they, they didn't promise they were going to come. Um, but I encourage you, and it, it, sometimes it's just like a, it's just like a thing that people say because they don't know what to say. I mean, I feel that way too sometimes. I encourage you to take that and take it to your knees instead. Because I think that both, both Keith and I, we're just happy to see you, Every single time, doesn't matter how many times you come, we're always happy to see you. And God's love, he is always happy to have you. So let's pray. Jesus, gosh, your love is so complete You have done nothing to deserve the treatment that we give you. You have been so faithful to us every single year. And Lord, there are days that we, we do it right. There are days that we worship well and that you are pleased with us. And there are days that we forget. And we thank you that we wake up the next morning and your loving kindness is right there ready for us. That no matter what happens, you are ready to choose us again. And so, Lord, thank you so much all the way back in the book of Jeremiah. Lord, I thank you for this new covenant that we are invited in to enjoy. Enjoy you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.